Good morning. It is good to see all of you today, and uh, it's a little emotional for me today. I am so sorry that I wasn't here last Sunday, and I was blessed to um, listen to the service over the internet, and uh, wish I could have been here. And I just want to tell you all that I have to confess that I dread these moments in our lives. If there's one thing I hate in life, it's to ever have to say goodbye to people and to people whom we have come to dearly, truly love. When we came here to Grace Point a little over six years ago, you accepted us. We were a missionary couple just returning from a mission field where we'd been for 13 years, and I'm sure there's sometimes that you felt like we were people from another planet. As we tried to adjust to our lives back here in America, and yet you were patient with us, and you gave us time to adjust. And I just want to tell you this morning, I love you all, and I want to say thank you. You have loved our whole family. Our girls will always have a special place in their hearts for Grace Point. For this is the place they landed in the United States. Your love and generosity came to its highest point during the wedding this last summer. And you all were just amazing. And thank you. Our families were so overwhelmed as they saw what kind of church family we were a part of. You allowed us to come in, a husband and wife team, to be on the staff together. And I know that really scared some people. And yet you've been so gracious and you've been so kind to the two of us. Your generous support of me and some of the other things and ministries that I've come into my life, you've just been a blessing in allowing me to do that. And you've given us space to grow and develop. Worshiping here at Grace Point has been an experience of heaven on earth. And we've been praying for God's continued movement to be here and to be a part of the church. So I came home yesterday, spent all day traveling. I wish I could have been here in the afternoon as a matter of fact, my flight path took me straight over Fort Wayne at 1.10 yesterday afternoon. I could look down and actually see the roads. <laughs> and I just began to pray for my church family that I knew that was gathering here and that was meeting here. And I wish I could have been here. And that's because we love you all so much. And I want to be able to be here for the next few weeks to be with my husband and to savor the moments that we have together and for our church family together. And I continue to pray together with Chuck, my dear husband and friend and partner, for revival to come. And it continues to be the burden on my heart. May revival come here to Grace Point. May revival come. We need a desperate touch from the Lord, don't we? Not just our congregation. It needs to spread out the doors and all over Fort Wayne and all over this country. And I just want you to know, you know what? Sometimes being obedient to God can be painful. (laughs) He doesn't say it's easy. And it's not easy for us to be moving on from this dearly beloved church family. But we do so in obedience. And I'm sorry to do this again this Sunday, but Chuck said I could have an opportunity to tell you all. I love you. And I look forward to all the moments we have together in the next few weeks. Thank you for being our dear church family. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Father, I ask you again to come. Your people are in desperate need of you. Our future is uncertain. It always is. At times we feel pressed on every side. Some of us this morning are grieving, Lord. I say again, come Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me again? Come Holy Spirit. Father, we wait for you. In the quiet of this moment, let's just wait a moment. Father, we wait for you. Holy Spirit, fill this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's say amen together. See, I long for real, authentic, God-led revival. How about you? Therefore, I urge you, sisters and brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Some weeks ago, in one of my sermons in the past, I read this passage of Scripture as a supportive passage of Scripture. And I made the comment that soon we will have to take time and unpack this Scripture. Well, today's the day. And I just want us this morning, if you will, if you allow me, we're just going to walk through this passage of Scripture. In the context of obedience to God and longing for revival. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, now you may or may not know that when you see the word therefore in Scripture, you need to look back in the previous verses that lead up to that and see what it's there for. The Apostle Paul has some inspiring words in the book of Romans. For example, in chapter 6, he says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God that is available for all of us this morning, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says again in chapter 8, If God is for us, who can be against us? He also says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, the sword? No! In all things we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Then Paul says in chapter 11, 
verses 33 to 36, right before our therefore in chapter 12, it seems like Paul is getting excited or carried away with his praise and his thanksgiving when he says these words. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. And all the people said, Amen. Therefore, because of all of that and much more, Paul says in the strongest language he can say it, I urge you. It's almost like he's straining. I urge you because of all of this that God has done for us, because of all that God has provided for us. He says, I urge you. In other words, what Paul is saying is this is important. What's coming next is important. He says, what's coming next? Don't miss it. He says, your eternal future rests on what's coming next or is determined by what's coming next. Or he says, if you really want revival, listen up. I urge you, then he says, in view of God's mercy or realizing that we are not worthy or deserving yet because of God's mercy. God's mercy. God's mercy. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Mercy drops round us, our falling. Do you know we would be lost if it wasn't for the mercy of our God? In view of God's mercy, in giving us everything we need for life and godliness, therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, okay, now listen up, this is it. If you want revival in your life personally, if we want revival in this body of Christ, here's what needs to happen. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. The only thing we have to give back to this merciful God who will never leave us or forsake us, who will be with us always, even until the end of the age, the only thing we have really to give back to Him is us. All I have to give Him is myself. All he asks of me is me. All God is longing for you to do is lay your life at his feet and say, God, I am all yours. He doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about your twice a week coming to church. He doesn't care about your sacrifice here and there. He wants you. He wants us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. You see, this isn't rocket science. And on top of that, you all know what you really need to do. Now the question is, are we going to do it?
Because when we do, revival comes. The Holy Spirit is poured out. And we are made into the likeness of His Son. It is is only because of God's mercy and His grace that I'm even able to give Him myself. God gives me control. He gives me control over me. I can make my own decisions. I can walk the path I choose. I can thumb my nose in His face. I can shake my fist at God's face. I can say God doesn't exist. Who needs Him? God gives me control over my life. And so all I really have to give Him is me. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. See, when we truly and sincerely offer ourselves back to God in repentance and obedience and love, our lifestyle will reflect a holy and pleasing lifestyle that God loves. You ever smelled God's people? There's this holy aroma of God's people. I smelled it yesterday at the funeral of Rachel Nelson. The holy aroma of God's nature, of God's people, holy and pleasing to Him. Without holiness, the Bible says, no one will see the Lord. Next week we're going to talk a little bit more about that. God wants us to live our lives that are holy and pleasing to Him day by day. And then Paul says, which is your spiritual worship. Do you know that the absolute best way you can worship God, the absolute best way you can worship Him, is when you live a life that is holy and pleasing to Him day by day? See, these hours that we have together, this hour and 15 minutes here, this is not really the worship that God really wants from us. He wants your daily worship. This phrase, which is your spiritual worship, is also translated in the King James Version by this, in this way, which is your reasonable service. Or after all God has done for us, being a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, is reasonable. He is worthy of my all. An act of worship is not only this time. By the way, you know when we come into this place on Sunday, it's not for us. Did you know that? It's for Him. You know, all of us should be up here on the platform. All of us, every Sunday, should be on the platform. There should be one big chair out here. Because it's for God that we worship. That's why it doesn't make any sense for people to say, I don't like the music. It doesn't really fit me. Or I don't really necessarily care for the, 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 the order of the service. Or I don't really care what the pastor said. It really didn't strike me today. You know, if you've ever thought that or said that, you're wrong. Because it's not about you. It's about Him. As I've been a missionary, I'd travel all over the country. 
I have been in every kind of worship service you can think of, and then some, and I have felt the presence of the Lord in every one of them. You know why? Because I came in expecting to worship my God. And I did. Even though I didn't like the music. You know what I'm saying, folks? Listen, we have been moved by our enemy to focus on the wrong things. Living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Have mercy on us, O God, have mercy. Paul goes on to say, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The world's patterns, the culture, the the lifestyle always leads us down a path of destruction. Somebody say amen. When, when When we follow the patterns and the culture of the world, it leads us to destruction. Our enemy has taken the good gifts of God and he has corrupted them. And then he takes them and sticks us under our noses. He sticks them under our noses and rubs our noses and tempts us with God's good gifts that he has corrupted. He has corrupted God's gift of intimacy and made it vulgar. And we fall for it in many ways. We fall for it. We jump into it. We allow him to attack us in those ways. And it's a gift of God. He has corrupted God's gift of resources that he, that he uses for us to take, that he gives us to take care of ourselves and our families. And he covers it with greed and materialism. And we selfishly follow his lead. See, we're talking about revival coming. And it's when you turn your heart toward him. He has taken God's gift of relationships and continues to encourage us. And, and, and we, we continue to, to, to build walls that divide us. And God has given us each other as brothers and sisters, yet we build these walls. We look way too much like the world around us in the area of our relationships. Do not conform. Paul says, any longer to the patterns of this world or stop letting the world squeeze you into its mold. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation comes by the grace of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit. Be transformed. We can't do that ourselves. That's God's work. But we have to invite Him in. Come, Lord. Revive us again. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians chapter 2. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 2 quickly. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do not do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look look only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, the mind of Christ. (laughs) In view of God's mercy... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I say it again, come Holy Spirit. Will you say that with me? Come Holy Spirit. 
And then the rest of verse 2 of um, Romans chapter 12. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. I want to say this again, brothers and sisters. It's not hard to know God's will when you live close to Him. As a matter of fact, people that live close to God, for the most part, don't even have to ask Him. They're just living in it. And they just sense, day by day, His leading. It's not easy to follow God's will, but He's faithful to tell us what it is. Matter of fact, sometimes God's will is difficult because it goes often goes against our cultural norms and maybe even our human understanding. But God's will is always good, pleasing, pleasing, and perfect. Well, how can I know, Pastor Chuck, God's will for my life? How can Grace Point know His will for, for this congregation? I urge you, Sisters and brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Knowing God's will, if I can say it this way, is a byproduct of a lifestyle of, style of obedience and love. Come, Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, Father. Listen to the words of 2 Timothy Chapter 3. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. But if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked, from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Have mercy on us, Father. This song is a prayer. It's a prayer for God's mercy. As you listen to this song, allow God to search your heart and if He calls you to, respond. Come, Holy Spirit. Send revival among us people.